0: Welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. This is Glenn Rockney. Um, I have a special guest today. It's his first time on the pod. Um, I have Matt Holder with me. Matt Holder from Expanding the Box Score. What, what else you got going on, too, man? Like you got so much stuff going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I did a while for a while, um, but yeah, I'm pretty much just doing the expand the box score stuff, man. I appreciate you having me on, uh, but yeah, I'm just doing doing the uh, the draft stuff nowadays with the uh, XTV putting together the guide and whatnot. So
0: yes, and and I, I gotta say, um, one of the reasons I really Wanted to have you on is because I really enjoy those videos, those little short clips. Like I think that's, yes, I think it's really cool because uh, for people not talking about me, of course, uh, who don't, <laughs> you know, know a damn thing uh, you <laughs> about a certain guy, and yeah. instead of pretending you know about a fourth round pick in the draft or something when when your team grabs them, oh, I always loved that guy. You could at least have the spark notes kind of like spark notes is what i would think is is like what what you're doing on these guys and for anyone who doesn't know expanding the box score um if you follow their twitter account i I don't have it in front of me what their what their handle is but um i'll put it in the box score there you go XTV box score um matt just does quick videos twitter doesn't let you go longer than you know 220 basically on the upload so um and uh, you did it for pretty much everybody right (laughs) like yeah
1: i mean i've been doing it uh probably like we probably release one every weekday for probably about the last month and a half i think i'm coming up on like 50 videos right now so um yeah winding up um you know i got a few guys to get through till uh till next thursday or two thursdays from now um Dang. but yeah gonna be doing them up up until round one so there you yeah, go appreciate you man there, Appreciate there you the shout out for that.
0: no no worries um i have one thing about those videos before we move on can you tell have you gone like made that video and then you go on twitter and see someone basically copy what you just said and like repackage it as themselves
1: you know, it's funny. Like uh, I kind of posted it the other day. Um, Dan Orlovsky actually used one of my videos for that Justin sounds- Fields. Yeah, like he used the same clip I did. And I mean, I'm not trying to say like Orlovsky's uh, watching my videos and stealing what I'm saying. I mean, obviously, that guy, that guy knows more about football than I've forgotten, or what, or the other way around. He's forgotten more than I know.
0: That- Okay, um, sure. Yeah, your, your, word, your words, not mine. But uh, the uh, anyway, the, the uh, funny thing is, I'm I'm glad you didn't notice that I steal your ideas. Is what kind of what I was getting <laughs> Good, at there. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you didn't notice that. I'm glad. I'm glad the big dogs are doing it though. Is all I'm saying <laughs> no so. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so, um, I did,
1: before we get started though, I actually got a question for you though.
0: What's that? Your Twitter picture. That's yes. not you, right? That, that, that's the worst part is people ask if it's me. I'm like, well, shit, do I look like like him? Like, okay, fuck, yeah, no, no. Um, I started that account in 2012. So I was like 22, just a little asshole on the internet. Like, <laughs> um, and I was trying to troll. Like, I just wanted to troll. Like, gotcha. I, I, I think the original bio for that was... Um, like I'm a freelance sports writer, like I, you know, little gotcha. league champion, like just one of those like sports hardo guys. And originally what I did, one of the first trolls I did was at Warren Sapp because he had got busted little incident at a hotel room. Um, okay. and I made a joke at him and I said, Hey man, like you tackled those two uh women better than you could anything with the raiders you know what i mean and and then he actually dm'd me and was like "Ha, ah, no one's listening duh, duh, duh. but i was like i, I kind of grew out of that phase but then when i wanted to start the podcast i'm like i'm just gonna rock with that picture because i originally wasn't gonna do video so i wanted people to think like what the hell is it? who come on like i can't <laughs> be that guy so nonetheless
1: because yeah, that guy looks like he's about in his, in his like third midlife yeah. crisis i if like, it's gonna be like, very funny if, if our <laughs> paths
0: ever cross it will be very funny be great. but uh the uh or people i don't know people are just gonna be like what the hell dude but uh
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah i'm glad you asked because I, I think i've only explained that like a long time ago and i don't think anybody was listening so but uh i just like confusing people but yeah. the uh the raiders cut mohurst and arden key matt did you hear about this?
1: <laughs> uh, I might have. I might have sent a couple angry tweets about yes. it. Probably. But I'm a fake fan, so it doesn't fake matter. Fake
0: fan. I know. Isn't it the worst when they cut a guy, right? Like, and I, I yeah. kind of feared that Hurst wasn't, I, I honestly feared, feared he, they were going to cut him last year. I was kind of, he just never seemed to be like what we all think he was going to be. Not not by his own ability. I just don't think the team liked him that
1: much. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's funny to me because it's like, I feel like with Mo Hurst, it was like one of those situations where like everybody agreed, like, you could be a film guy, an analytics guy, a fan, a media person. Like everyone was sitting there agreeing, like, okay, this guy just needs to play more. Like he's productive when he plays. He's good when he plays. His snap count just isn't there to go put up the stats that you were looking for. But I mean, I guess for whatever reason, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Gruden just doesn't like him out of personal vendetta or something. But he just wasn't getting the snaps, and then obviously now he's getting cut. So yeah, I mean, it was kind of like when it happened. I am kind of like, well, honestly, like at this point. Rodney Hudson was expendable. Anybody's pretty much expendable. And it's nice. like, well, at least I, I kind of had the feeling of like, at least he's going to get a chance to to go prove himself somewhere else. Hopefully he goes somewhere and gets some snaps for him. But yeah, I mean, it, it, that was a shocker. I mean, it's I pointed it out too. Like, I mean, I don't know many people who are going to say that like a guy like Solomon Thomas is better than Mo Hurst. Yeah. And Solomon Thomas is making $2 million more as a $2 million cap hit more than Mo Hurst was going to be.
0: Yeah kendall vickers any of these guys yeah. i mean yeah it just it's not like it's not like you're loaded at the position i understand if like yeah. yeah we're just loaded at the position like the rams how the rams have to let certain guys go because you know they're paying a bunch of other guys the raiders aren't in that position and yeah. uh and even like i Arden key i i think last year i was definitely like accused of being a shill for Arden key because i really thought <laughs> i just i just like the athleticism and i didn't see anybody with his skill set right. on the raiders coming off of the edge um just with the speed that he has but Would you be shocked if either of those two guys was a very impactful player on either team?
1: (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Mo Hurst goes and be be impactful just because of what we're talking about. You know, I always always felt like his problem was just not getting enough snaps, not getting enough playing time. And then part of that, too, is kind of on him because I know he was banged up both years or all three, I guess, that he played. And uh, he had some injury and concerns. Arden Key, I'd be surprised if he ended up being a player. He kind of somewhere else. I think the tools are there. But, I mean, When I think back about Arden Key's tenure, about the Raiders, the two plays that stand out to me are the Deshaun Watson almost sack that led to a game-winning touchdown, and then the uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick face mask that led to the Dolphins, um, that led to the Dolphins game-winning field goal. So it was like the two plays that you do in your job, you're still wrong. (laughs) You're still (laughs) screwing this up. So it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of inevitable. Um, After they signed Yannick, I'm like, yeah, Arden Key, that's your – you're either going to be on the team and ride the bench, or you're out of here. And it's kind of, kind of anticipated. But yeah, Mohurst, I mean, I think like most people on uh, Raiders Twitter, like, came as a big shock. And I think he can have some success somewhere else. So,
0: you know, he's going to go back home to New England. You know, yeah, we know that's what's going to happen. I just. I can see that or like
1: a, a Dallas because Dallas is kind of in a similar spot with, as the Raiders at D tackle where like oh, yeah. they have, they have numbers like as far as sheer volume, but they don't have a dude. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can probably get Mo Hurts with pretty cheap seeing as he's cut, you know, what, two weeks before the draft. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that'd be another guy that they can plug and see if they can figure it out. But
0: oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hope Quentin Jefferson's up to the task. <laughs> um And, uh, okay. So speaking of Quentin Jefferson, free agency moves, um, feels like, an eternity ago that these moves were made. Like it's just, it's just nuts how fast it moves by. Give me your take on just a couple that you liked a couple that you hated.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, I'll I'll say uh, Quentin Jefferson too. I thought that was a little bit more of like a under the radar set lining for them. You know, I think he's a good player or a solid player. And I think he's a good pass rusher at that three tech spot, which, you know, kind of was Moe Hurst's role, which is part of of the reason why they probably got rid of him. Um, You know, obviously there's some work to do against the run. He's far from a great signing, but I like that one as well. Then, obviously, there's Yannick. You know, it's kind of funny. I was thinking about it before we were on here. I'm like, for the last, like, two years, myself included, Raider fans have been pounding the table to trade something for Yannick and right, credit to the Raiders, credit to Gruden and Mayock. They stayed patient and ended up getting them for uh, for free or, or at least no draft picks up. So right. I think that one was uh, – those two were, I thought, the biggest acquisitions to me, just kind of, like, improving that pass rush, improving that defensive line. Um, and then the last one I thought was kind of under the radar was John Brown. You know, he's a guy for me that, like, Everywhere he's been, he's just been productive. He's been good. He's a solid number two, solid number three. And the thing that I liked about that signing too was his situation in Buffalo was a little bit different because, you know, they had the, the uprise of Gabriel Davis at the end of the year and he was banged up and, you know, he ended up just being expendable for the Bills. And those, I think, are the guys you really want to get for, in free agency, the guys that, they're not leaving because they were bad. They're, they're not like thrown away. They were just kind of like a cap casualty or they just kind of ran out of room on their current team. Mm-hmm. So, credit again, credit to the Raiders for getting him. I mean, bringing in John Brown that, to basically replace Nelson Aguilar, who, you know, for the money and everything that it's worth, I would take John Brown over uh, John Brown signing over, over Aguilar's for whatever it was. I can't remember the figures exactly, but yeah, Brown was significantly less than what Aguilar got
0: yeah and, and and you talk about what i love that signing too by the way like that was uh, to me it was basically just a fraction of Aguilar, even if he's not as good as Aguilar was last right. year the money you saved on that plus john brown's <laughs> production where he's going to hit a few home runs for the raiders right. if he's healthy it's just it's it's bound to happen but um then they were able to bring in a guy like willie sneed too, who i you know just yeah. is he going to make the team i have no idea but i think he might be a legit slot backup which would be nice yeah. like um and you're still saving money on just rather than paying that to Nelson Aguilar, but uh, yeah, I, I, it's weird. I, a lot of people seem down about it and I, I don't like basically getting rid of the offensive line all at once. I, I right. can't say I loved that, but I don't think that they lost like anything off their win total. I just, it doesn't, I mean, they might not have gained anything. I'm, I'm not saying that. I think they're still an eight and eight team. I, I don't see the, <laughs> the doom and gloom thing. What, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I I think that's a fair point. You know, I think with the offensive line, it was kind of like, it was kind of like the, Rodney Hudson was just a straw that broke the camel's back. Like, I feel like, you know, Trent Brown was kind of inevitable. You know, a mm-hmm. guy was obviously good when he was on the field, but he was off the field just as much as he was on the field. You know what I mean? And obviously he was making way too much money to be playing half the games that he was uh, under contract for. Gabe Jackson, I think it was kind of the, not, not the exact same thing, but I mean, at $10 million, he just is not worth that as a no. guard. I honestly thought they kind of got it, could have gotten rid of him before last year. Uh, obviously just a little bit year late. So it's not that big of a deal. But then when you go and look at the Rodney Hudson one, you're like, okay, yeah, Rodney Hudson might be declining. Yeah. Rodney Hudson might be 32, but you're still taking on an $11 million cap hit for him to go play for somebody else. Yeah. And like, yeah, you get a third round pick. You're lucky if that third round pick is Rodney Hudson. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, and I get like that, like, so that one for me where I'm just sitting there like, I'm just scratching my head, like, what's the plan? And then they go off, and you know, my first like one that I hated was Kenyon Drake. Not that I have anything against Kenyon Drake mm-hmm. as a player, but I'm sitting here like, okay, you've gotten rid of three offensive linemen, three starting caliber offensive linemen, and then you signed a running back too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like
1: that's the opposite of what you're supposed to <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, 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 yeah. You build the offensive line, then you get you know some undrafted free agent or some guy in the fifth round to go play running back. Like it's just, and I mean with Drake and. I know, like his, uh, you know, people were pointing out to so his contract, you know, how it's split up. It's the three million dollar cap hit this year, and then an eight million dollar next year. Like that doesn't really like justify it for me. That's
0: worse. I yeah, think. I'd rather I'd rather exactly. eat it this year. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah exactly. Because like, it's like, all right, we have he's a three million dollar cap hit this year. Well, like Dubow tweeted out, I think it was last week. Uh-huh. Right now, they don't have enough cap space to sell in their draft class.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like, okay, say he does suck, and you do cut him, and you can save money next year. Well, then you just wasted three million dollars when you have holes on your offensive line. It's like, okay, let's say it's the best case scenario and he does play well and you bring him back next year. Well, now you're have an $8 million cap hit yeah. for your running back too. And yeah. you have Josh Jacobs, who's going to be playing in a contract year if they don't pick up his fifth year option. So it was just for me, like that move was like, yeah. I think Vic Tafer tweeted it out where he's like, when Gruden wants a guy, it doesn't matter. I'm like, well, I know that's not like great team building.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it sure isn't. Now the one defense I can make of it is that at least it's a good player. That's the one defense. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he's a good player. Um, sure. And it, and it is something that they don't have in their backfield, like a, just right. an absolute home run here. I'm with you though. I, I, it's basically you, when you have like a catalytic converter, go out on your car and you're like, let's get some rims. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what we need on this bad boy. It's like, yeah, you don't, you don't exactly fix any of the problems, but right. you yeah, look, and, I think I'm hoping that they use them in the passing game. Cause I don't know how right. you even justify the price tag. If you're just going to hand the ball to them 10 to 12 times a game, you oh, know, yeah. I don't I don't see they're going to have to start really designing passes to their running backs, like early downs, which I want them yeah. to do that anyways. So I'm hoping that's where we're going with this. That's yeah. all I can and, say.
1: Yeah. I mean, I de- they definitely will. It's just, it's again, like I just, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm trying to make like, you know, if it were a situation where the Raiders had some cap space, they had, you know, a solid defense where they just needed a few pieces away, which they don't, and they had their offensive line still intact or relatively still intact, and that would be all about it. But that's not the case, especially in a down cap year. You
0: know, right?
1: Yeah. My drawback uh, draw on it, but who knows? Maybe I'll e- be uh, eating crow this time of year, and Kenny Drake will have like a thousand, a
0: thousand, thousand season or something like. How that. awesome would it be to eat crow all year on every take? Because you know what I mean. Like I would just, I, I've always people always like are scared to be wrong. I'm like, no, I I want to be wrong so bad. <laughs> yeah. If not, like. Will i want to see screen caps of my tweets like you're an idiot like i, I want all that stuff all year and i'm like yeah this sucks we're 12 and 4 like yeah. you know and and i want to be like that but um no it's that's I, I think i'm with you on that i i definitely don't like that they brought back the entire secondary pretty much uh, except for eric harris like i how do you feel about that as far as the defense going in um they they've addressed the D line like we talked about mm-hmm. earlier but just the corner the basically bringing running it back with the corners last year do you think a scheme change makes these corners better
1: I mean it's it's so tough last year for I think like a defender like to defend Damon Arnett a little bit not that I thought that was a great pick mm-hmm. like I feel like the defensive players like you you, you were just such at such disadvantage last year without having um, you know, normal, a normal off season and being able to do that. And especially at corner, I think that, uh, you know, hurts things. And then Damon Arnett dealt with injuries and then COVID uh, he had a COVID outbreak. I think he tested positive, right? Or hadn't he did.
0: I think corner. he had it. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah.
1: Something like that. So I think, so I think with, with him, you know, you can be patient, but then at the end, at the same time, like if you're going to be a team that's supposed to be competing for a playoff spot, you can't really be patient. You need guys that can play now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was definitely one of the things, you know, when I was thinking about this uh, prepping for the show was like the lack of DBs. I mean, they brought in Carl Joseph, brought back Carl Joseph, I should mm-hmm. say, and who, I mean, when, I remember when they drafted Jonathan Abram, I'm like, okay, you just drafted another Carl Joseph. So now yeah. they just signed another Jonathan Abram. I'm like, well, you kind of still need a safety. You could like, like you, like you kind of alluded to You could kind of use another corner. And I was thinking about this the other day. Um, I was talking with my buddy, Nick Cothrill over at uh, mm-hmm. silver and black today. Yep, He's like,
0: yep.
1: who's a, Who's the Raiders slot corner right now? Yeah. Like, is it? I mean, it's Amic Robertson, who, as May I pointed out, is changing positions and was not good last year. Or is it Nevin Lawson, who's suspended for the first few games of the year? And yeah. as we know, Nevin
0: Lawson isn't that good either. So, oh, uh, BD Williams is actually right behind me, and he's, he's really mad that you said that. But, oh, did I? Uh, you, no, I'm just gonna no he's, he's not behind me. Did, but, did uh, I upset BD? Yeah, no, he, well, B, in BD's credit, he says, No, Nevin Lawson plays best out of the slot, which I, which is true. I, I mean, against Denver last year, he had a really nice game on Hamler, and, yeah. and, uh, and I will say that that's, that's true. I, th- I think Lawson, is, I, I would have to lean Lawson because it's think about Amig Robertson is really interesting. Is I, I loved him. He was, when they picked him, I'm like, that was, probably him and Brian Edwards were the two most excited picks I got last year right. in the, in the draft. But I don't like a Robinson, isn't a slot corner. Like, I mean, he is, yeah. he, he has to become one. He has the profile I mean. of that,
1: but he yeah. hasn't played. He, hasn't he, did. he was
0: yeah. defending Colin Johnson in in, <laughs> in, in like a six, six player. I'm not saying that that's going to yeah. translate. Although in the preseason, I would like to, Hey, let's just see how, let's just see how it works Same outside. Amazing. Maybe you have a unicorn out there. Like you just don't yeah. know. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's like positions. I know you're not going to fill every hole in the draft, but yeah, it's like you don't know you don't know who the starting right tackle is right now. You right. have you have a obvious hole, and we'll uh, save that for the draft talk here. But you don't know who some of these guys are playing, and and as far as like Mullen and Arnett, like you're right with Arnett, and no rookie corner was good last year. By the no. way, like I don't even Jalen Johnson had a nice start, but he was getting torched at the end, ig- Igbenogany getting torched all, all year and things. So, and I think that position might've suffered the most, like you said, mm-hmm. from a, from a COVID off season, like that position was obviously one that you need an off season for, right. because nobody came in jamming and it was a pretty solid class too. Yeah. So I, um let's just hope that that's the same.
1: And I even look at like a guy from like the Cowboys, like a Trevon Diggs, like he struggled in the beginning of the year, but then at the end of the year, you know, when he started getting more reps, started figuring it mm-hmm. out, and I think you can kind of point to that a little bit with Damon Arnett too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully he ends up figuring it out. Hopefully I uh, will be able to uh, be vindicated in that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's tough when two that was considered a reach at the time of the draft and he struggled. So
0: that was a bad. I had like yeah. three listeners at the time, but my draft reaction at that time <laughs> after a few beers. Oh boy. Yeah. Let me tell you, I did one instantly after that. I i don't think I'm ever going to do instant draft reactions again. I won't have just, to go
1: back and listen to that episode then. No, I like It's,
0: it's bad. It's rough. I, I <laughs> like, it's, it's bad. Luckily there wasn't video. Cause I was looking a mess. Dude. I look like uh, Charlie and it's always sunny when he's doing the conspiracy board thing. Like, yeah, I, I but uh, so let's move to the draft. Um, no. This, I, I asked Austin Gale from PFF uh, on a couple episodes ago. I and I'll ask you the same question. Cause I, I think it's important to see where everyone's mind is. Obviously. The biggest need happens to be where the class is very deep, right at right tackle. Um, You could argue that safety is the Raiders' biggest need as well, but I'm not a fan of really any of the safeties going that early at 17. So let's just say, do you, one, do you think the Raiders are pigeonholed at taking a tackle at 17? And two, do you think that they are pigeonholing themselves? Like in their mind, do you think that they're set on taking a tackle at 17?
1: Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've given up trying to get into the mind (laughs) and whatnot. I've I've been trying to do that for the last few years and it's a struggle. So I don't don't know if I can answer that one, but honestly, I feel like they kind of are like, I'm a big BPA uh, first round kind of guy. But then when I look at the rest of this roster, like, I don't think like we're talking about, it's that far off, but their holes and their knees are huge. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think at right tackle, like I mean, if, if they want to roll out Brandon Parker, they, then, yeah, it's a great thing that we have Brett Marcus Mariota as the best backup quarterback in the NFL, because that guy is still a turnstile.
0: And like, your guy Peterman might get some burn. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, 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 yeah.
1: maybe we'll need to get that up. So this, is can, all, this is all all a long it.
0: game for you. I, I see what you're exactly. doing here. Yeah, This is all a long game for you to get your yeah. narrative off. I see. I
1: exactly. See. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, so, yeah, I, I think they kind of are, you know, like you said, the good news is there's a log jam of a lot of really good tackles where I don't think they can really go wrong, but. I've said that in the past, in the, for the past 20 years. So, yeah, I mean, I think they kind of almost have to. Um, if they do want to go safety, like you kind of mentioned, I wouldn't mind that. But I, I feel like the first two picks right now that make the most logical scent have to be tackle and safety in whatever order that ends up being. Mm. Um, so be it kind of deal.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm crazy. I'm kind of just like, I don't even care if you fill those two needs. I'm just like, I need just seven good forward. players. I need seven good players on this team.
1: And you then I'll bring it you. I'll bring in
0: Alejandro Villanueva to start at right tackle like that's what I personally is what I would do um, because yeah. I, it's like I, the other thing is and I think these guys are good I think this what I do love is that the Raiders if, if you could spin it positively at least it's not a year where there's only just Penesal and Rashawn Slater yeah. and it's like now we have to either go make a move or force this guy that's a third round pick there's at least like I would say six to seven tackles that if they took at 17 I'd be like mm-hmm. fine that's fine yeah. I don't care. Like, like it's almost like. I, I, I go back and forth like I almost hope that they are pigeonholing it because it's like I feel like that's the least mistake worthy right. position where like even if it's like Sam Cosby I'm just like okay I wouldn't have taken him there but whatever I think he's an okay player yeah you know so um, let me ask you
1: this who are you thinking at 17 if you're kind of thinking uh just getting getting the best player
0: somebody's night? gonna drop I just think I just think it, it, it happens every time the Raiders pick in the first round we're like how is that guy still there Derwin yeah. James the uh um last year with all those receivers on the C. board CeeDee Lamb um uh even at 19 like there were other players i, I can't remember um you know yeah. just there's there's guys that you don't expect to be there so i can't say that but i i could see one of the top three corners somehow slipping there i'm not saying I'm not saying it will i just there's right. weird there's always going to be a team in the top 17 that takes one guy you're like whoa what ha- what happened like you know just somebody somebody it's usually the raiders but you know it might <laughs> it might be yeah
1: somebody like, reaches yeah,
0: yeah Cleveland Furl. whoa yeah. yeah and uh but like i don't know i'm, I'm still on the i'm still trying to Trying to have the the Parsons at seventeen hype train going. Parsons on. at seventeen. I just I just yeah. think I think that, I think he has some off field issues. Um, I saw Ted win I actually. I don't know if you saw Ted's tweet on that the other day where he was like, "Do you think the Raiders have an infrastructure to bring in somebody like Parsons?" And I'm yeah. like, "They've brought in like legit mentally ill people." Like to the, <laughs> I, I like I'm just saying like it's yeah I I don't care like just it's yeah yeah I I say if you're gonna burn it go Joker mode and just you know like yeah. i don't know i i think there's I, i'm sorry i didn't even answer your question so no you're good Mike, micah parsons like or somebody like that i i we don't know how the corners are actually valued around the league you know mm-hmm. we don't know if like maybe jc horn cb3 to a lot of teams or i maybe i'm being idealistic here but i just i would hate to just be like okay like they were gonna pick tevin jenkins this whole time and even though i love tevin jenkins yeah. there could have been like three or four blue chip guys right. like right there where they're like no we were taking jenkins the whole time that's just what i'm a little bit scared of but again there's that safety net where at least these tackles are good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think you have a good point. I think Parsons definitely could slide. I think those off the field issues aren't. Are and he's
0: a linebacker. Really, yeah, he's a really, linebacker. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, he's a linebacker where his position might be a different on a different exactly. team. He might be an edge to somebody, which I actually mm-hmm. think he kind of is more of like a like a hybrid kind of yeah. rusher guy. I don't really like the way he. I don't think his coverage is is anything amazing. Like I think he yeah, could. No, be. I, yeah, yeah, I agree with you.
1: A lot of and like I remember when I was watching him, a lot of his coverages in Penn State were kind of just dropping in the and the the underneath areas and kind of just sitting and parking himself there. But when he did uh, rush the passer, because he is a natural edge, that's what he played in high school, and uh, you know that's probably probably or easily the best in this class. Um, the other guy, like if you're thinking about a corner dropping, I think the corner that I could drop is Caleb Farley, and I would be absolutely about that. I like Caleb Farley. You like the medical? I that's that's the problem. Is like okay. I heard it's
0: bad. I heard it's I heard, yeah, I heard it's bad. That,
1: yeah. I mean, I don't have access to the medical information. So I don't like, you know, I'm not going to make a, mm-hmm. a statement on something I don't know about, but, um, you know, from what I can say, from what I've seen on his tape, like, I mean, he's, if it weren't for his back issues, which I mean, obviously back issues scare the shit out of me because too, because those always come back to haunt you. Like, you yeah. know, like they're just hard to deal with, but his tape just alone, I'm like, he's the best corner in this class. He's moved so fluidly, but If he can't be on the field, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, and and I'm the same way with him and Jalen Phillips, where I'm like, if they took him, I'd go, wow, interesting, and I like it. You know, I like like that means you evaluated correctly what you saw on tape, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. And I and you know, like I think Phillips and Farley, I think they're edge one and CB one, if we're not talking about health.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I mean, with Phillips, it's almost a matter of like. A moral issue. Like, should this guy still <laughs> be playing football? Like, dude, yeah. you had like six concussions, man. Like, come on, yeah. dude. Like, it's, I, it's- I know you love it. I respect it, but... Like you, you can't
0: go anywhere without your brain. Like, yeah. Well, hey, hey, if you fill out four years in the league, you know, and 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 we don't pick up the fifth year, but you give me four years of, ra- I, I'm with you. I, I don't know if I would. Yeah. I I would instantly go doomer mode because it's the Raiders. I'm like, he's gonna get a concussion in preseason <laughs> and retire. Like, like that's that's what I would. That's where I would go. Like, if it's one of those ones where if like the Ravens take him, the Pats take him, everyone's like, oh, he's just, he's a great monster. Pick. Yeah, great, great pick, pick yeah. and it ends up working out. It's just this weird hex that's that's yeah. over the Raiders, but um what yeah I, I guess let's move to the, the other parts in the draft who are some of your guys because you're a raider fan right correct like yeah, you're, you're yeah, a fan yeah. first so when you're evaluating you're not necessarily evaluating for the raiders right you're just evaluating as a draft evaluator yeah in the back of your mind though there's got to be that like this guy needs to be wearing my team's uniform you know <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. like, you, you got that a little bit so who are some guys maybe they're not round one guys but give me just some of your guys like and they don't have to fit needs but just guys you want to see wearing silver and black
1: yeah, I mean, I, I mean, part of my videos, too, I'll, I'll admit, in the, and especially in the latter ones, I've been you know, specifically looking at right tackles and safeties just because that's obviously <laughs> yeah, <the Raiders>. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think the biggest guy for me, the guy that I love, the scenario that I'd love to see for the Raiders go, going back to what I was talking about before, of going OT safety in round one and two, mm-hmm. would be a Tevin Jenkins in round one. He's a guy like, I know you mentioned him, too. I love that guy a lot. And then the other guy would be uh, Richie Grant. Like I watched him, on, or I did his video the other, uh, a while back, and just fell in love with the guy. You know, I watched him play, uh, play the single high spot, play in the box, cover mm-hmm. the slot. You know, do it all. At the senior bowl, he was probably the, one of the most impressive guys out yeah. there. Improved his stock a lot. He was out there covering, covering slot receivers where a lot of other safeties, like guys like nasser Ladin from Florida State, were struggling. He was out there thriving, getting picks from one on ones, which is extremely rare. Like other corners weren't doing that. And I think he can be that kind of like that center fielder in that back half uh, yeah. of the back half of the, uh, the defense for Gus Bradley. And the other guy that, uh, you know, I think they could end up going, I haven't watched too much, but I'm gonna, he's uh, on my list. I'm actually going to watch him later today. It would be Andre Cisco, mm. um, kind of a ball hog out of, a, out of, um, uh, out Syracuse of uh, Syracuse. Too. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, I mean, I mean, he came in as a freshman and had seven picks <laughs> like, yeah. and, had, and then followed it up the next year with five. So like the guy's just an absolute playmaker. Um, and then on the offensive tackle side, if they're going to go uh, round two, I don't know if he'll be there. He'd probably go a little bit easier. I'm going to say Samuel Kasimi. Uh, like yeah. I like him a lot. I think he's got a lot of room to grow as a run blocker, but if we go back and look at like kind of the the draft history of offensive linemen, he's kind of in a way similar to Colton Miller, where like good pass blocker, pretty good athlete, needs some work to need some room for growth for, uh, as far as run blocking goes, and he can put on some size. He can probably put on about 20 pounds and he's got the lean frame to do it. It's just, if you ask him to run block right now in his first year, he's probably going to get a little dominated, which is typically what you're looking for on the right side uh, of your offensive line. But who knows? I mean, again, it's a passing league nowadays. We keep hearing that Raiders are going to air it out. You know, Cassimi's the guy, I think he can be a, a really good dude for him. Um, other than that, you know, a couple other tackles that I like would be Liam Eikenberg from Notre Dame, mm-hmm. kind of the opposite of Kosimi. You know, really good run blocker. He's not good. To great his feet. He's a good player, though. I mean, that to me, that makes the most sense kind of for the, what the Raiders would do, seeing as it's a, a high-profile school like Notre Dame and an offensive lineman uh, that um, – are. And Notre Dame is obviously, you know, well-known for producing offensive lines, so that kind of falls in line with what the Raiders would be doing with, like, the Clemson, Ohio State, oh, yeah. and the guys – um, and the last one is actually going to be Dylan Randons. I like right him. Tackle. North Dakota.
0: Yeah. yeah, North Dakota. North Dakota State.
1: State. Another, another. another guy. He's a guy that absolutely killed it at the senior bowl. Every time I watched him, he was putting somebody on the floor. Great pass pro again. I mean, and uh, he actually took some reps at guard over in Mobile, too. So he's got a little bit of versatility to him. So those yeah. are really kind of my my five that I'm kind of eyeing on, on at that pick with 48.
0: That's good. That's good. Um, I Good thing. The funny thing about Richie Grant, too, is I I think – the Raiders like seem like they like drafting old players, like older guys. So mm-hmm. I think I I do th- I honestly think like Richie Grant's possible at seventeen, and that would yeah. scare me a little bit. Even though I like him, I'm just like, oh, what did you pass on to take him? Yeah, that's all it is. It's not. I, I think I think he's the best true free safety um in the draft only because uh, Cisco's coming. I I don't even know if Cisco's gonna be ready for camp. I actually I'm not sure if he's if he's. I,
1: I would think he should be. He just okay. tore his
0: ACL. I mean, I say just tore his
1: ACL, but he yeah. did it and he did it early. So I think he like that it's usually like a six to eight month window nowadays with, uh, modern science and rehab to come back from that. So I think he should. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously you got to do the medical research on a guy like that and, you know, same thing with Caleb Farley, like we were just talking about, you got to get your doctors in there, which is hard with the, the COVID, uh, off season that we're still living in. So that's probably a bit of a risk at that point at, uh, at 48. Mm
0: -hmm. So, so I had a, there was an interesting, uh, kind of thing. I saw one of our, uh, our colleagues, I will, I'll say this, Marcus Johnson posted it. Um, he was saying that he was digging up on guys under Tom Cable arm length. He was doing like, I don't know if you saw gotcha. this where, yeah, where he was talking about certain arm lengths, I think under 34 in like he likes Tom Cable likes albatross wingspans <laughs> on his, on his, yeah. on his linemen. And this year there's not even some of the top guys, they don't have the longest arms. Yeah. So do you think it's that simple with Tom Cable? to where because he obviously has pull within the organization he obviously does um i mean i'd I'd say as much pull as like August bradley would this year hopefully you know um so what do what do you think about like arm length do you think that's going to factor in big time like if uh, to a guy they take at 17
1: i mean i think it definitely could i mean you know it's one of those things where like oh arm length we make a big deal about arm length and then there's a few outliers that you know break the code i think Honestly, in my opinion, I mean, Marcus has probably done way more research on this than me, and I'm just kind of going off the cuff here. I think with Cable, he looks more for athletes rather mm-hmm. than necessarily arm length, and then if the arm length comes with it, that's also a plus for him, and, you know, if two guys are tied athletically, then he's gonna go with the, going to go with the longer arms. But, like, with Tom Cable, the one guy that I always run back to is George Fant, who mm-hmm. in, out, coming out of college was a power forward, and they were putting him at left tackle. I mean, what does that say? That's probably a guy with some pretty damn good feet. Yeah, And that's, I think, where I think a guy like Kosimi, you know, kind of fits in. Whereas, you know, a guy like Tevin Jenkins, how much as much as I like him, I think he's a better athlete than people give him credit for. Yeah. But as far as him versus Kosimi, I mean, Kosimi is much better, has much better feet than he does, you know, as far as we're looking at those, you know, the te- OT two through eight or whatever it is, you know, that was that log jam, jam of guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. I, and like, cause I, I was struggling cause I was looking at guys like to, uh, like the, some guys I like, maybe if they don't take them at 17, like you were saying at like 48, there was a guy like Jackson Carmen, um, right. from, uh, from Clemson, at Clemson. So you always have to maybe study <laughs> yeah. them a little extra hard cause exactly. they might be on your team. And, uh, he, you know, I, I, I like to, I like what he does and he's a super athlete, like super strong, but his arms are like 32 and a half inches. Yeah. And I'm thinking in my head, is that, is that a deal breaker? And I, and, and you're saying basically that, you know, just from what you've seen, do you think that maybe his athleticism might be able to overpower that and, Maybe he's a yeah. guard. Maybe he ends up becoming a guard. Yes. It's not the worst thing in the world if you draft this right tackle and he ends up becoming your guard because I don't even I don't even know if their guard situation is is no it's sustainable. Not. I, mean, sustainable I should say, yeah,
1: it's not. I mean, like I honestly like their best guard on their roster right now, and um, you know I'm probably missing someone that someone's going to call me out on later. Is Denzel good?
0: Like, Incognito, Richie, maybe. Yeah. Nah. But here's the
1: thing with Richie Incognito, like we talk about Rodney Hudson being old at like 32, Richie Incognito is closer to 40 than he is 30. Crazy. Right. Richine is also like we're talking about Caleb Farley with his back injury. Okay, we're talking we also have a 37-year-old left guard that has an Achilles injury.
0: Yeah, like what it did to Kobe. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. like at the end of his and career. Kobe, like, that's Kobe. Like Yeah, yeah. And he's not okay, blocking like, people and stuff. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. So, I right.
1: I mean, and on that point too, like when you're three hundred pounds and you have a lower body injury, that's a lot of mass. That's a lot of force going down on that thing mm. that's surgically repaired or whatever he had done to it. So like I, I was just, I was weary when they signed incognito, obviously had the great year that, that first year. And then I felt, uh, it was a, not. I hate to say I felt vindicated, but part of my take was kind of true. Cause I'm like, you can, you can't really rely on this guy for the future. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think you're right. Like they can get a guard, you know, if they want to get a guy like Jackson Carmen in round two, I'd kind of be upset about that. I think he's more of a fourth round guy wherever you look at him mm-hmm. at third or fourth, but you know, obviously they're in the guard market too. You know, that's not, yeah. that's not, not a need either. So.
0: Yeah, exactly, and and you know, and and also, you know, another thing I, I I'm a big proponent of, and I, just before we wrap up, I'd love to get your take on this. Uh, w- you don't draft for just this year. That's one thing. Like, yeah. like imagine, remember when the Raiders signed? Um, I mean, there's a couple. There's many such cases of this. The, the Raiders signing Tyrell Williams uh you know even like jj nelson and guys like that bringing them in and and they had antonio brown and you're thinking dude we're loaded at wide receiver (laughs) then like halfway through the year they didn't even have wide receivers and and you just don't know what your needs tomorrow will be and if you're drafting somebody especially in the first round you're banking on five and a second contract years uh, of this player so like it's it brings me back to micah parsons or guys like that like oh they just signed two linebackers like yeah maybe you can get off one of their contracts you know, yeah, if, if if Parsons is your linebacker or you have your edge, maybe you don't, you know, have to pay one of your edge players. And maybe you don't have to. You can let Yannick walk in two years and get a comp pick or something like it's 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 definitely a, a long game for it. So, like, I don't know. There's certain teams like Jason Light was saying that they actually do three year evaluations. Their power, their BPA board is based on three year plans, not just yeah. who's the best right now. So is that something you you think about with the draft or no?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, uh, you know, I'm typically a BPA kind of guy, especially in the first round and even leaking into the second. And I mean, I think one of the things that I've always kind of thought of, like if you draft for need, say in the first round, which I know it's somewhat contradictory what I was saying earlier about the tackles, but again, I think that the tackle class is uh, so good that it could be a both uh, you know, a double case scenario where, you know, the best player on the board does fill a need. Uh, But I mean, I think when we're talking about BPA versus need, especially early, If you draft for need, that means you need that player and you need that player to play. Whereas if you draft the best player available and they bust, you can just put them on the bench. But if you drafted the guy for need, you still have to put him out there because you don't have anybody else. Like at least if you have a first round pick, that's like not at a position of need. At least you can put him on the bench and he's not a liability on the field. Like if you have to literally, you literally have to play this guy because you don't have anybody else. Well, then you're screwed. And I mean, you know, the other end of that is if you're putting out a backup there anyway, but at least you have the upside of like, okay, I just got a stud and I'm going to figure out the rest of my roster later. Like I get Michael Parsons. Okay. Maybe I look at trading, you know, uh, Nick kwatowski and trying to get back into the mid rounds and pick up somebody else at another need. And who knows, you know, it is a lottery that it, as much as, you know, I try and predict it and try and figure out who's going to be great and who's not, I'm going to miss Mike Mayock's going to miss, you know, Bill Belichick's going to miss. Bill Belichick's been doing a lot of misses. After,
0: a lot. <laughs>
1: yeah, a lot of misses after he was lauded for how great of a, a drafter he was. You know, there is, there is a crapshoot element, and there's so much that you just want to play the lottery almost with more, as many tickets as possible. Yeah. You know? So I think, you know, to your point, like, yeah, if Michael Parsons slips, again, take him, take the risk. You can either, again, you, if he's not good, if he's immature, you can bench him and you don't have to, you're not hurting your team too much, or you can just figure it out and trade one of your other linebackers that's on your roster that's decent and get back in and maybe get another chance of getting a fifth round gem or something like that.
0: Yeah, and, and I and I, I agree with you too because if you even I'm just thinking about the draft last year at pick 12, Um, Henry Ruggs. Now Henry Ruggs might have been BPA on Mike Mayock's board yeah, or, or he probably was honestly. But what if you go Tristan Wirfs? Then at the time the fan base, Raiders Twitter is like, dude, we have Trent Brown and Colton Miller. What are you doing? It's right. like. Now, now we don't have Trent Brown anymore. And, and <laughs> yeah. now we're not, and now we're not this year. We're not scrambling to draft a right tackle. You yeah. know, it's, it's, I'm not, and Tristan worse is a monster. Like, I'm sorry. He would have, he would have contributed way more to the team than Henry Ruggs did last year for whatever reason. Um, And, and yeah, that's, 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 I always want Raider fans to not just be like this guy plays th- yeah. and week one starter and that's all that matters.
1: And to your point. Three snaps into last season, Tristan Worth would have been
0: playing. Exactly, and nobody right. would have cared. Everyone would have been yeah. like, everyone would be like, I don't care about Trent Brown. I wouldn't have had yeah. to do so much PR for Trent Brown. Last <laughs> year. That's the problem. I was the Trent Brown chill last year, right. and I would, I would have just been like, whatever, just get off his contract at the end of the year. No one cares. Like it's not even that big of a deal. Right. And 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 like with a team with this many holes, or at least uh, they just need depth. I should say I, they have holes, but they also just need good players everywhere. I mean, you can make a case for pretty much anywhere yeah you know, even even quarterback if somehow justin fields is there i mean you have you could say that you have a need a quarterback at that point but you just have with the raiders you're just like man the, my motto here is just like just pick good players and just, yeah. and just figure it out like if they don't feel the need at right tackle it's gonna suck maybe it sucks this year but maybe you figure it out we've been losing for a long time so at, <laughs> le- at least if, you, if i see that it's on the right trajectory but yeah, who knows? Yeah, man.
1: I mean, Steve Palazzolo had a soccer team uh, from PFF side of soccer quote, which was draft good players
0: and creep back to average. I love his take on that is get yeah. to average. Like you don't yeah. have to be if you're average, like the Raiders aren't even average at a lot of position groups, you know, yeah. like they're they're, they're like really subpar. If they get their secondary to average this year, if they get their pass rush to average this year, they're going to win two to three more games. Like yeah. regardless of the card debates people have on Twitter, if you just do that, you're going to win more games. So sure, yeah, Absolutely. Well, Matt, I appreciate you coming through. Um, problem, I, d- I definitely want to have you on again sometime, maybe uh, maybe w- during the slow time during the summer. You know what I mean? When, good, we- when, we're- when we're craving for content, we'll do something like that. <laughs> but um, go ahead and drop your Twitter handle everywhere people can find you. So uh, and then, uh, yeah, wrap up. Appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah. Thanks again for having me on. It had a blast. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Holder 95. Uh, or- uh, yeah, that's right. At my uh, yeah, dad, i only 95. Can't even remember my own Twitter handle, whatever. But yeah, mm-hmm. I've been drop, as you mentioned, dropping those uh, 220 scouting videos. Should have one every weekday up until uh, round one. And uh, buy a draft guide if you uh, want to get prepared. Twelve yes. bucks, 350 profiles. If you guys haven't checked it out, um, yep, that's about yeah, it. Especially
0: it. you guys, Raider Nation. Pick up a draft yes. guide. All right, all right, guys. Have a good one. I'm Glenn Rockney. You guys know where to find me. This is Rock Vegas Podcast. Uh, thanks to Matt Holder for joining me and, uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter. I I'm kind of fun sometimes, but uh, <laughs> <Every> <laughs> all right, guys.